Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we are going to be previewing the Saturday, November 5th, Week 10 DFS action for college football. Talking about the early slate, the 12 p.m. slate here on this podcast. It is a really good weekend of college football. We've got a matchup of the century in Georgia and Tennessee. Got a lot of other good games as well, so I'm excited to talk about it on here. If you want more college football content, make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I will be posting all of my full DFS lineups for college football, NFL, and golf on there. And if you also want any more stats, facts, nuggets, anything to help you out playing daily fantasy or season-long fantasy sports, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Feel free to reach out if you have any start-sit questions or who to put in your lineup. I am absolutely okay to answer those on Twitter. This is my weekly most listened to podcast episode, the Saturday early college football preview. So please help me out, rate and subscribe, tell a friend, help get the word out. Uh, If you know anybody that's interested in playing college football DFS, recommend this podcast to them. I'm trying to grow this listener base and you guys are very loyal and I appreciate you listening. So please help me out and get the word out. All right, content the rest of the week. There will be an NFL buy or sell my week nine preview tomorrow. And then Friday, it's a bit of a mystery day already. Um, Might do college football late, depending on if the salaries are out. Also might do NBA, depending on how things work out. So uh, just stay tuned on Friday to see what happens there. All right, enough talking. Let's go ahead and start talking some college football. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. So we're going to start off like we always do, talking about the quarterback position. And look, we got to start off by talking about Bo Nix. It only took him eight years of college to finally figure out playing college quarterback, but Bo Nix has done it. Like, he is really, really good. He's got a streak of 30-point games dating back to the game against Georgia in week one, uh, thanks to his 53-point performance against Cal last week. And look, I get why the salary is this high. Oregon has the second-highest implied total behind Ohio State on this slate, meaning they're going to score a lot of points. Colorado is a very bad football team. So Bo Nix is absolutely up here for a reason. I have no problem putting him in lineups, especially in cash games, because he has such a high floor. C.J. Stroud is the other quarterback above $9,000 on DraftKings, and he continues to be really good in real football, but inconsistent in fantasy football. So Ohio State does have the highest implied total on the slate. Northwestern is very bad. They have not won a game on American soil. Um... So when you're looking at these two quarterbacks over $9,000, between Bo Nix and C.J. Stroud, both of them have serious blowout potential, right? Because Oregon's playing Colorado, Ohio State's playing Northwestern. They're up against bad opponents. So in that blowout potential, you could get, I don't want to say lucky, but you could get fortunate and have your quarterback throw seven first-half touchdowns. Or you could get unfortunate and have a running back run in four touchdowns, and then the quarterback's just handing the ball off the rest of the game. I think that if I'm playing one of these two guys, I would prefer Bo Nix because most of Oregon's touchdowns go through Bo Nix, whether it be his arms or his legs. With C.J. Stroud, you don't know if it's going to be a Travion Henderson day or a Mayan Williams day. Like, just their running backs can vulture these touchdowns from C.J. Stroud, and Oregon is not really in that boat whatsoever. All the rushing touchdowns go to Bo Nix. So... If I'm paying up for one of these two guys, it's going to be Bo Nix because he accounts for more of his team's touchdowns than C.J. Stroud. However, totally cool if you bypass him because there's a lot of other options further down the board. 
Stetson Bennett is a guy that we've talked about numerous times here on this podcast. He was kind of known as a game manager last year for Georgia, but this year he's really kind of come into his own. I think he has a lesser ceiling than a lot of other guys in this price range because he does not run, and he's not really a threat to pick up rushing touchdowns or a whole lot of rushing yards. But the upside with Stetson Bennett is that we know Tennessee has a crappy secondary. They're still bottom 10 in the country in pass yards allowed per game. So I absolutely could see Stetson Bennett having himself a nice day against Tennessee. I just think I'm probably looking elsewhere because he doesn't have that ceiling like some of these other guys. One of the other guys that does have a high ceiling is Max Duggan. He has been over 22 points every game since he became the starter for TCU. And I think it's a solid matchup against Texas Tech. Texas Tech, you know, not exactly known for their defense. Texas Tech has a lot of question marks at quarterback as well. So you don't know how many points their offense is going to score. So I definitely think the Max Duggan is definitely a live option. Um, I don't know if I will be playing Max Duggan. I don't know if I'd like him more than the other guys in this price range, but I definitely think he's a live option and he deserved mention on this podcast. Drake Bay of UNC continues to rack up points after points after points, and DraftKings does not adjust his price tag that much. It's weird. I don't get it. He hasn't been under 26 points since week two. That's crazy. And the best part is this is a UNC offense that loves to throw. So even if you think they're going to blow out Virginia, like and I think a lot of people do, no, no, UNC is implied 33 points, they're going to do it throwing the football. Like, they're not going to run. Their starting running back, Caleb Hood, is now out for the season. So they're going to do it by throwing, 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 and Drake May is just going to continue racking up fantasy points. I think he is a very good option this week. So Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State, gosh, he killed us last week. I had him in one of my lineups on FanDuel, and he put up three points, and I believe I had Sam Hartman in the same lineup who also put up three points. It was a bad day for that lineup. But anyway, I think Spencer Sanders is a great option against Kansas if he plays. I'm not interested in playing Gunner Gundy. Um, I think the price tag is way too high for a backup quarterback who is going to be a game manager. He did not look good when he came in against, uh, who did they play last week? Kansas State. Kansas State blew them out, and Gunnar Gundy did not look great. So I'm just not interested in playing him. I'm going to find my salary relief elsewhere. Now, we all know that I love Hendon Hooker. Um, you know, I've been a big proponent of Hendon Hooker on this podcast all year long, but I don't know if I'm playing him against Georgia. Um, normally, guys get a price discount when they play a Georgia or an Alabama or maybe even a Michigan or an Ohio State. But Hendon Hooker did not get enough of that price discount for me. you got to remember, Bo Nix has been the best fantasy quarterback in the country. We mentioned him earlier. And he scored eight fantasy points against the Georgia defense. So, obviously, I think Hendon will score more than eight. You know, last year, Tennessee scored 17 points against Georgia, which is, you know, not terrible. But if you're playing Hendon Hooker in fantasy, you want more than that. So, I just I don't know if I can get there this week on Hendon. I was hoping he was going to be more discounted at a price and we get him as a value. But we did not, so I'm probably not playing Hendon Hooker this week. The Kansas quarterback situation is an interesting one. I think that Jalen Daniels is a great option if he plays, but I'm avoiding it entirely unless I get some clarity. Um, I don't want to play Jason Bean. Uh, I'm only interested in Jalen Daniels if he is 100%. Now, we mentioned how we want to target bad defenses for quarterbacks on here, and I've got one that we know is verifiably bad, and that's North Carolina. And they get Brennan Armstrong of Virginia this week. So Brennan Armstrong had a really good year last season. Very good statistical year running and passing. This year he has not been as great, and he's been 
very much a value play on FanDuel and DraftKings, but this week they bumped up his price tag. It's like they knew he was playing North Carolina. So I'm not exactly a huge fan of playing him at this price tag, but I definitely am a fan of attacking that bad pass defense in UNC. And so if you're a proponent in play your guys against bad defenses, Brennan Armstrong is that guy this week. A guy that I don't mention a lot on here is Sean Clifford of Penn State. Uh, he has a very high floor. However, he has a very low ceiling. Um, he's not going to pick you up a whole lot of rushing touchdowns. Penn State is not this, you know, pinball scoring offense. Um, so I don't really get to Sean Clifford a lot. But I think that against an Indiana defense that, quite frankly, is very mediocre, I could definitely see playing Sean Clifford and having him hit his value this week. Now, I do have two value plays at quarterback for this slate. First one is Michael Pratt of Tulane. I think he's a great high floor option especially against a Tulsa defense who has given up 35 points five times this season. And then the second one is Connor Wagman at Texas A&M. I think he is their answer at quarterback, especially after his 32 point fantasy 32 fantasy point performance against Ole Miss last week. And Florida has given up 21 fantasy points to Stetson Bennett last week. And Florida has also given up over 40 fantasy points to Jaden Daniels of LSU this season. So Florida is not a great defense. Connor Wigman is looking like he's the real deal at quarterback. And his price tag has not been adjusted yet. So Connor Wigman is my value quarterback on the slate. All right, that covers it for quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and switch on over to the ground game and talk about running backs. I am declaring this slate the slate of the chalk running back. There's a lot of running backs that are a lot of very good options this week, and they are priced very reasonably on DraftKings, meaning that it's going to be very easy to get to them and then find values at quarterback and wide receiver to fill out the rest of your lineup. So getting running back right this week is going to be important because all of these guys that I'm about to mention are going to be highly owned, and you don't want to be wrong on a guy that you're highly owned. You really don't. Um, so if you want to try to think outside the box for a running back this week, go for it. But I think that there's too many running backs that I'm about to mention that have great matchups, great game logs, and are going to be the guys you want in your lineups this week. The first one is Izzy Abanaconda of Pitt. And he's a solid option every week. He's going to get like over 20 carries in that Pitt offense. But I don't know if about him being the highest price running back. I don't know if I'm going to get there, um, on Izzy because I like so many of the guys below him, but he definitely is a solid option. So Muhammad Ibrahim of Minnesota, earlier in the season, he was priced up there with Bijan Robinson, like at the very top of the running back group every single week. And now he's at 7,300. 7, and he has a season low of 19 points. That's his floor. He also has a streak going of 100 rushing yard games dating back to last season. And he gets a Nebraska defense who just gave up 35 fantasy points to Purdue's Devin Mockaby two, two games ago. And Nebraska averages giving up 190 rushing yards per game. Look, it just makes too much sense to play Mo Ibrahim, especially at this price tag. I'm surprised his price is not significantly higher. There's going to be a lot of ownership on him, but I also think he's in for a very big day. Sean Tucker of Syracuse is a guy that is going to be used heavily for that offense, no matter who Syracuse plays at quarterback. Garrett Schrader had to leave the Notre Dame game early, so it's unknown his status heading into this week. But like I said, Sean Tucker is a guy that's going to get the football no matter who's taking snaps. And Pitt's run defense is not too great, so I think that Sean Tucker of Syracuse is definitely a good option. Kenny McIntosh of Georgia could easily do what Jameer Gibbs did to Tennessee three weeks ago, Jameer Gibbs of Alabama. 
Gibbs is a primary pass-catching back who had over 40 fantasy points against Tennessee. He had some long catches, had some long runs, got in the end zone a few times, and Kenny McIntosh can do the same. We know the Tennessee pass defense is not great, and a pass-catching running back is a great way to exploit that, and that is what Kenny McIntosh does. So I can very easily see him popping for a Jameer Gibbs-like performance, and I think of all the running backs that I'm mentioning in this segment, I think he will probably come in as one of the lowest-owned. So I think he's a very good pivot play this week if you're looking to attack that Tennessee secondary. So Travion Henderson of Ohio State is a very interesting one because Mayan Williams seems to have taken over the RB1 role in that offense, which is shocking considering how good Travion Henderson's been the last two seasons. And so Travion Henderson has the lowest salary I have ever seen on him this week. And we don't know the status of Mayan Williams. If Mayan Williams doesn't play, this is like a lock-in Travion into your lineup situation because he's got Northwestern and it's a great matchup and the price tag is really low and he's going to be the only guy getting carries. So I just really like Travion Henderson if Mayan Williams is indeed out this week. Now, in the low 6,000 range on DraftKings, there are three running backs that I like. Kendra Miller of TCU, Tajay Spears of Tulane, and Richard Reese of Baylor. For Kendra Miller, Texas Tech gives up 146 rushing yards per game, and he has not been under single digits all season. So he scored double digits every single game. He's getting a consistent workload, and we know that TCU offense is pretty potent, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities to score. For Tajay Spears of Tulane, Tulsa gives up a whopping 210 yards on the ground on average this season. So, I mean, that's all I need to know right there. Like, just put Tajay Spears in your lineup and let him run. Richard Reese of Baylor has back-to-back games of over 30 carries and over 38 fantasy points per game. And Oklahoma gives up 190 rushing yards per game. So, you're looking at a guy who gets a huge workload against the bad rushing defense, yeah, sign me up for Richard Reese this week, especially at that price tag. So two more plays where you don't need to monitor the situation, and then I'm going to give you two value plays um, for injuries. But the first one is Bucky Irving of Oregon. So Colorado is the second worst run defense in the nation at giving up 237 rushing yards per game. It's because they've been down big in a lot of their games, and teams have just been running the clock out. And so if Bucky Irving of Oregon ends up in that situation where Oregon is playing a little more conservatively, you know, keeping the ball on the ground, keeping the clock moving, he could cash in and very easily reach his value this week. Devin A. Chain of Texas A&M has back-to-back weeks of 20 carries, which is a career first for him. And he's averaged five yards per carry both times. We've talked about on this podcast numerous times how Devin A. Chain is a home run hitter. He's a big play threat. He's one of the fastest players in the country. And Florida gives up 191 rushing yards per game. Look, that could take Devin A-Chain four carries the way he goes. So I definitely think Devin A-Chain has a lot of upside this week. He's going to be incredibly highly owned, though, because of his price tag being all the way down here. So I really like Devin A-Chain. Just know if you play him, you got to get him right. Now, I do have two value plays if we get updates on injuries. The first one is Dejon Edwards of Georgia. If Kendall Milton sits, Dejon Edwards is the second running back. They do kind of operate on a committee basis, and we saw Dejon Edwards score twice against Florida. He could do the same against Tennessee. And then the second one is Jaden Nixon of Oklahoma State. If we get an update that Dominic Richardson, their normal starting running back, is sitting, Jaden Nixon is definitely an option as they play Kansas, who is a very weak run defense that we have targeted before. All right, that covers it for the running backs. Let's switch on over to talking about some wide receivers. 
All right, so we're going to do receivers in the same order that we have been going, where we kind of go by price tag by team. So the first one we're going to talk about is Josh Downs of North Carolina. And look, he's just an elite option. Uh, I'm surprised his price tag isn't a little bit higher on DraftKings. He is a target machine. He sees work in the red zone. And UNC loves to throw the ball. Great option, especially in cash games where you're paying for that high floor. Antoine Green of North Carolina. Talked about him on the podcast before. He finally got his price hiked. He's $6,000 on DraftKings now, but I still think that is a bargain. He has finally gotten to the point where he is the number two receiver in this offense. He is the number two option right there next to Josh Downs. And in fact, him and Josh Downs have been very close in points the last three weeks. I absolutely think that triple stacking UNC could be a strategy that wins a GPP tournament for somebody this week. Um... Simply put, we know this offense loves to pass, and no one else is getting consistent looks. So if you're going to you know, double stack UNC, why not triple stack it? Because you know that these two guys are the two that are going to be scoring points at the wide receiver position. On the other side of the ball in this game, for Virginia, Keaton Thompson is the only wide receiver with consistent targets. However, I do have a dart throw for this Virginia offense. Billy Kemp the fourth for Virginia is back from injury. He had five catches for 28 yards last week. He was their second leading receiver last season. So if Virginia is going to be down in this game, going to be throwing a lot, they got the now healthy Billy Kemp, and he's only $3,500 on DraftKings. I think he's absolutely a dart throw option if you're trying to conserve salary. For Ohio State receivers, it's the same story every week. Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Egbuka are really good options. They're absolute studs. But you want to monitor the health of Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't know if I'm as intrigued in playing either of these guys if Jackson Smith and Jigba finally does suit up this week. Quentin Johnston of TCU has finally woke up in October. We heard all offseason about how he has first-round talent, how he's you know really talented, really good player, and he didn't show much over the start of the season. In October, he has. He hasn't been under 16 fantasy points in four games. He's a really solid option. The other receivers in that TCU offense, we've got two big play guys, and that's Darius Davis and Tay Barber. They have a very low floor, and they have a very high ceiling because those are the guys that are going to catch two passes for 80 yards and one touchdown. Like, that's going to be their stat line. Or they could go two passes for eight yards and no score. So very low floor, very high ceiling. If you're playing a GPP and you're stacking this TCU offense, Darius Davis and Tay Barber are options. On the other sideline in this game for Texas Tech, Look, I want no part of trying to predict their receiver situation. They finally got Miles Price back from injury, but he didn't really score a whole lot of points. Xavier White, who had been scoring a whole lot of points, also didn't score a whole lot of points last week. Their quarterback situation is a mess. We never know who's healthy, who's going to start. So I just want no parts of this situation, and I'm avoiding it this week. Jalen Hyatt of Tennessee has been outstanding this season, but this is the toughest spot he will be in all year. Because not only is he going up against the Georgia defense, but Cedric Tillman, who is Tennessee's leading receiver last season, is back and healthy. So I don't know if he's going to eat into Hyatt's touches or Hyatt's targets at all or a lot. Like, I just don't know how it's going to go, especially against Georgia. But if you look at Hyatt's success, a lot of it has come from wheel routes where you kind of have somebody run a post or you know, a go ahead of him, and then he hits the wheel up down the sideline and catches the defense slipping. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that a whole lot against Georgia. So Jaywin Hyatt, he's been great all season. He's been great for us all season, but I don't know if I'm going to be playing him this week. On the other sideline for Georgia, 
The only receiving option I'm even remotely interested in is Brock Bowers. He has shown ability that he is, let me rephrase, he has shown that he is at Stetson Bennett's comfort blanket, almost, or safety blanket, whatever you want to call it. He is the guy that Stetson Bennett throws to when he's under pressure, on big downs, when he needs a play. He's shown that ability to make plays in big games. He's done it in SEC championship games, in college football playoff games, and this is a big game as well. I think that the targets will shift more heavily to Brock Bowers for Georgia this week. Parker Washington of Penn State is going to be a popular chase play after his game against Ohio State, but I kind of like it. He's got 18 receptions combined in his last two games, and this is the worst defense that he's going to be playing in this recent little hot stretch he's been on. So I absolutely understand playing Parker Washington this week. For Texas A&M, they have two receivers that I really like, but one of them is priced really far ahead of the other. Evan Stewart is significantly higher up the board than Moose Muhammad. In my opinion, they're about equal. So if you're looking for one of them to play, Moose Muhammad's the guy. If you are questioning, wait a minute, why does he think they're equal? Well, they both had eight catches last week. These are the two guys that um, Weigman is going to be throwing to, and they're going to be getting targets heavily. They're the only two A&M receivers I'm interested in. Now, let me give you four situations where I'm avoiding this team entirely because of their quarterback's health or their wide receiver's health. I've already mentioned Texas Tech, Nebraska, Syracuse, and Kansas. Miss me with all those receivers this week. However, I do want to give a quick side note on Kansas. If it is confirmed that Jason Bean is the quarterback this week, he seems to have a favorite, and that is Quentin Skinner. He is only $4,500 on DraftKings. He has been over 14 fantasy points in two of the last three games where Jason Bean has been at quarterback. So if Jason Bean plays, Quentin Skinner might be a little bit of an option this week. Now, I do have three dart throws that are low down the board. I'm not going to talk about their entire team, but these three guys worth mentioning, in my opinion. The first one is Xavier Henderson of Florida. Look, he just put up 25 fantasy points against Georgia. If you can do that against Georgia, you can do that against anybody. So I'm definitely intrigued to see what he does the rest of the season. He seems to be catching on as Anthony Richardson's number one wide receiver and number one target. Drake Stoops of Oklahoma is seeing consistent snaps and consistent targets. He's just not finding the end zone. So if he you know, just manages to get a little bit of touchdown regression, he can be a very live option in, in daily fantasy options. Daily fantasy sports, excuse me. Jordan Tyson of Colorado is their wide receiver one, and he just put up 31 points against Arizona State. Look, Colorado is going to be down. They're going to be throwing. And their number one receiver is under $4,000 on DraftKings. So I don't know why he's priced this low, but I'm absolutely intrigued to play Jordan Tyson this week to get a wide receiver one at that price tag. All right, that covers it for the wide receiver position, and that covers it for us here on the podcast. Um, It's going to be interesting building lineups this week with all those chalk running backs that are in the mid to high price range. How is everybody going to manage to squeeze them in? Because I feel like those are the running backs that everybody's going to be playing. So everybody's got to be saving salary elsewhere. So it's going to be really interesting. If you are interested to see how I build my full lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'll be happy to answer any start sit questions that you have. I also will be giving out stats, facts, nuggets all week long for college football, fantasy golf, and NFL. If you are interested in playing fantasy golf, it's a lot of fun. Like college football, it's not as researched as DFS NFL, so it's a little bit easier to win. Check out my podcast yesterday where I previewed this week's Mayakoba Championship. 
Also, if you play season-long or daily NFL fantasy football, stay tuned for tomorrow's podcast where I give my Week 9 preview. And then, as always, Friday is a bit of a mystery. We'll see about it when we get there. Might be college football, might be NBA. All right, that is it for the podcast this episode, guys. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all rate and subscribe. Help me get the word out. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.